You're listening to the Food and Drink Show on Hoxton Radio. What a great way to start the show with sentiments such as that bad feeling by Veronica Falls. And for that, Daniel Avery, new energy live through it. Food and Drink Show live on your Hoxton Radio. It's the pressure here. Flying solo, Abby Moulton's still on her jolly holidays, but she's holidaying in East London. So if you peer out your window, you might see her skipping down the street merrily and de-stressed in the show today, Emily Rue. Yeah, she's going to be in the show with us at about half eleven. Real Kombucha, going to talk to them on the telephone line. David Begg, who set up the brand, hopefully calling us from, I think, South Bucks somewhere. He'll get to me pretty soon. Almost Oxford is where he'll be from. Uh, Lord Napier Pub. It's a pub in Hackney Wicks. just been refurbished. Loads of graffiti on the front of it. You've probably seen pictures of it because it seems to be the buzz place right now. Uh, Rob from the lord napier probably here at about half ten and in like literally two minutes so uh, we've got pratesh moody on the telephone line um of channel four sunday brunch you see him there probably on the weekends you're going to hear him on hoxton radio like next let's hope we can dial it in and get it to work in two minutes and 53 seconds while you enjoy the beastie boys and sabotage if you make tasty food or drink and would like to be featured on the show drop us an email to info at hoxtonradio.com with the Food and Drink Show live from Spitfields Market, and we're proud to be uh, dialing in to uh, uh, to a very handsome man uh, already sort of shaking and stirring some cold drinks with some ice today. We've got cocktail expert Pratesh Modi on the line. Welcome, Pratesh. Good morning. How you doing, mate? You good? It's, uh, yeah, it's good here. Uh, the listeners can't see you, but I can tell them you're in a, in, a, in a house or in a flat somewhere and the blinds are drawn in the daytime, which means you're probably up to mischief and probably getting some co- cocktails on the go already. Yeah, listen, you can't, you can't let the neighbours see, right, what's going on at 10am because I've got vodka in my cornflakes, but, you know. <laughs> um, you have been going around the UK putting together like a cocktail map and uh, the UK's, or the nation's top 10 cocktails have just been revealed. They have indeed, yes. Yeah. So I've worked with um, Aldi to create kind of a whole trends piece around uh, the UK's favourite cocktails um, and, yeah, it's thrown up some really cool, fun results. I feel the one at number one is kind of like the pine. It's the Hawaiian of the pizza world. It's like the pineapple on pizza. It just sort of some people just turn their noses up, and I think it's probably one of my favourite cocktails as well. Coming in at number one is the pina colada. I, I think I think it's a reflection of a post-COVID society where you know you go down, you go back to your kind of your your comfort and your roots, and pina colada is like the ultimate holiday cocktail, right? Uh, you know, when you're on a, when you're on a beach, it's one of those. It's got you got rum, you got coconut, and you got pineapple. It doesn't get more holiday than that. So, I feel like this this survey is very much uh, representative of of this very particular time that we're living in. Um, uh, even with the mojito coming in at number two and stuff like, that, it's these kind of rummy, tropical, fun drinks at the moment, which is which is great. You know, it's great to see people just having a bit of fun not taking uh, not taking life too seriously and in the last year a lot of people are getting at home kits and trying to make cocktails for themselves yeah exactly so i mean we've been doing tons of kind of virtual master classes and stuff like that and obviously kind of bottle cocktails have been amazing but you know at the same time um even if you go to the superstores so you know aldi have this great campaign around finding new uh uh spirits producers in the uk and now you're seeing so much more choice 
um, around 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 uh, you know stores and everywhere you look. Uh, and again, that's just representative of of uh, consumer buying habits now. And people want constantly something more exciting. There's, it's no longer just a simple kind of glass of wine or uh, you know a beer at the end of the day. It's um, it's something always kind of to keep you excited and keep things fresh. Drinks expert Pratesh Modi on the line here on Hoxton Radio with us, a face that we're familiar with on Channel 4's Sunday Brunch on the weekends. Um, you work in one of Europe's most advanced cocktail labs, um, and you've been seeing some interesting flavours like seaweed and chickpea water brought into cocktail making. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, we, we're constantly developing new drinks, and uh, uh, and with with our margarita in particular, so my favourite cocktail is, is, is a margarita, and nothing drives me mad more than when you go to a, a bar or a restaurant and you get that really horrible kind of crusty salt rim and you have a sip of it and, and all you get is salt in your mouth for the rest of the evening. So we infuse it with seaweed, our, our margarita, to create that salty kind of mouth-watering uh, experience without having the horrible salt on the rim. And same, similar thing with the chickpea water. So, you know, it's um, whiskey sours is another favourite of mine. And instead of, instead of using egg whites, uh, unsalted chickpea water is an incredible uh, vegan and more sustainable alternative uh, to uh, to egg whites in a whiskey sour. Full of protein as well, aquafaba, so you're getting all kinds of benefits. Um, oh, I, yeah. I saw Brilliant. one of your cocktail shaking friends in the street just yesterday, Max Venning. I gave him a little wave. He came in here. <laughs> he came in here on Margarita Day one year and um, brought in some just some fancier salt to try and make the drink a bit more palatable for us, and it was quite enjoyable. Um, I'm seeing in southeast London, um, Sex on the Beach is the most popular cocktail. Yeah, so, yeah in southeast England. Um, yeah, Sex on the Beach. So, I, I, I mean, I don't know what that says uh, about them but um uh you know you got again you got peach you got vodka and you got cranberry juice it's just a throwback to almost the the tom cruise cocktail days uh, one of those and i say it's so easy to make at home right everyone's everyone can pop to their local uh, supermarket and 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 get get get, get those ingredients well, I'm going Aldi's because they've just launched the premium hibiscus botanical range uh, in over 900 of the stores. I think we've got one just up the road from here. So that's where I'm nipping straight after the show to make, oh, a, yeah. to make a Negroni because that's the most popular cocktail amongst Londoners. I, I, I've got to say that. So I judged this, uh, this cocktail competition. Uh, I'm sorry, this, uh, this spirits competition grow with Aldi. And um, that gin in particular is out of this world. Um, there's so much character and body to it. So yeah, when it comes to Negroni, that is it's, it's going to be a brilliant gin, uh, Penrose gin to 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 hold into a Negroni or even a, a lovely fresh Tom Collins. Um, I think you know people are kind of looking at lighter lighter drinks as well. And you, you look at a Tom Collins or something like that, and it's absolutely delicious. Just you know, lemon juice, a bit of sugar, soda, and gin. Pratesh, when you're not in the media world talking to Hoxton Radio, when you're not presenting on Channel 4's Sunday Brunch, uh, you're operating in the world of Zing, which has been running since 2014. Give us a bit of a refresh about what's happening with you and World of Zing. Yeah, so now look, we look after well over sort of 300 restaurants, hotels, bars around the country. So we design and produce cocktails for everywhere from the, the bedrooms at the Langham Hotel to Everyman Cinemas and Bills and places like that. And We've just done a deal with Majestic as well, so you can go to, you know, various shops and buy our cocktails, bottled cocktails online. Um, so yeah, it's um, yeah, we're we're always busy doing uh, doing exciting things in the world of uh, cocktails. 
And when can we next see you on the telly? Uh, next week on the 22nd of august okay. i'm doing a japanese cocktail special Ooh. which is uh, which is fun so this weekend i'll be mostly uh locked away either in my kitchen or in the in the lab at world of zing um yeah uh coming up with some uh some crazy japanese concoctions this is pratesh modi uh, on hoxton radio talking cocktail mapping um we can see you on the telly next weekend and we can follow you all across the social on your instagram at love food love drink pratesh thanks very much for coming on hoxton today thanks david Pleasure. And this is a bit of mungo jerry in the summertime on hoxton radio if you make tasty food or drink and would like to be featured on the show drop us an email to info at hoxtonradio.com the food and drink show wasn't protesh good fun good value just short and sweet let's just get to the point and let's get drunk pina colada and the nation's favorite cocktail are pretty much in agreement right now i had one last friday at the hux hotel which is this cool new space that's just opened on kensington high street and they sort of make they sort of do twists on your sort of regulars but their twist on the pina colada was insanely good they also made like a clear mojito you're completely clear. That was a bit stranger. And then also, what did I uh, think else? You know, I like to mix, just like to mix it up. But I don't like anything in a really in a cocktail glass. I'm more into like a tumbler or a dark drink, but uh, less of that. And more about Morrison's offering free water fills nationwide at all of its petrol forecourts as well as in-store to encourage you and anyone in a motor car to switch from single-use plastic to refillable bottles. So over... Over 14 billion single plastic bottles are used in the UK every year, which is an equal to 39 million per day, uh, the majority purchased sort of on the go. So they want to cut down on that. So if you go to Morrison's nearby, there's one in Stoke Newington, get a little refill on them. Get them to fill it up. should be cold. All right, the team from the Lord Napier pub have come all the way from Hackney Wick. Rob's just come bounding into the studio and he can't wait to tell you about Hackney's new buzz pub. Let's get the Maccabees on and let's get Rob on after this. The Food and Drink Show on Hoxton Radio. Maccabees marks to prove at Hoxton Radio. It is the Food and Drink Show, and we're live from Spearfields Market. It's Antiques Day here today, so go and get yourself something fun for... It's like a bit dusty, and looks like it's been in an attic for a while. That's kind of that. Oh, do you want... Have you got cash? I'll get all right. I'll give you a fiver off, yeah. yeah. I inherited that from somewhere or other. Uh, inheriting goodness and delights, doing it up and making it kind of vintage but cool in a modern sense. We've got Rob here from uh, the Lord Napier pub. Hello, Rob. Hello. Good morning. Voyaged all the way from uh, Hackney Wick, where we can find the new pub just opened. Literally Hackney's newest pub, I've got a thing to say. Hackney's only pub. Hackney Wick's only pub, sorry. Hackney Wick's only pub. Um, It's this building that's just covered in loads of graffiti um, and it's been, uh, it's just an iconic looking building. Yeah, it's uh, been covered in graffiti pretty much since I've been cycling past it in Hackney Wick. And uh, we're keeping the graffiti, which many people are pleased to know. When was the pub last open as a pub? 26 years ago, the last pint was pulled in there. So, yeah, it's been closed for a long time, although uh, has been host to many uh, squat parties over the years. Yeah, I used to, I used to go past in the bus on a, on a Sunday morning, very early though, like five, six-ish, and people would be outside. I'm like, what's going on here? And I started to suss quite quickly because this is 
2008, nine ish back yeah. when Hackney Wick was pretty much renowned for people standing around early in the morning. Yeah, I might well have been one of those people outside there. We used to do parties around Hackney Wick, sort of 2004, 5, 6, um, and we never actually did one in the Lord Napier, but there was a few venues around there. There was one called the EQ Warehouse that we used to use quite regularly. Um, and yeah, I often found myself in the Lord Napier at, at various times in the morning. Mm-hmm. And what does it look like now? Um, it's uh, been completely redeveloped from the, the sort of basement up. We've dug down into the basement, put some toilets down there, made the cellar bigger, um, and we've completely obviously refurbed the building. Uh, we've got a roof terrace, holds about 80 people, um, so that'll be great if we can uh, get a bit of summer this year. Um, and then we've got a couple of function rooms on the first floor, and then we've got a large sort of central bar, which, you know, all the fixtures and fittings, unfortunately, have been, been ripped out of the pub, so we had no sort of original features. Um, and we spoke to a few people who knew the pub years ago, and we wanted to try and recreate um, the sort of old central bar that was in there. So, um, yeah, we've got a nice, nice central bar for people to sit down around. 26 years ago in the Hackney Wick, I wonder what the area was like back then. I wonder, yeah, I think it was this sort of uh, end of sort of that sort of industrial area, lots of factories, lots of people working around there. Um, I've been speaking to people who worked there in the sort of 60s and 70s, and it was quite a vibrant area. There was a lot of workers, and obviously those workers live quite close by as well, so people had used that pub after work. And I think as that area sort of changed and um, I, I suppose got, got left to sort of decay a little bit, um, there was still, quite, still industrial estates there, but there was, I suppose, less need for, um, for a few pubs in the area. Yeah, it's kind of the last sort of bit of alternative-looking hackney, really. It is, yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's changing at the moment, and there's a lot of debate about how much it should change. Um, and I've lived around there myself for quite a few years, so I've seen that change sort of firsthand. And, you know, it's like everywhere in London. I remember when we all used to live in Shoreditch sort of 20 years ago, and I lived in a warehouse at the bottom of Brit Lane, and that area sort of changed beyond recognition, and everybody sort of moved a little bit further out east, and people started moving to sort of Hackney and, and Hackney Wick and those sorts of places. And lots of artists were obviously displaced there. Um, but I think that's the nature of London, is it? It's constantly changing, and you can try and stop it, and you can try and, um, you know, keep everything the same, but that progress sort of marches on unfortunately we want people to come to venues you want to be successful and you want to make money and the more you do that then you know the busier it's going to get the less you know you're just going to if you attract more people then it's slightly it's going to dilute the audience slightly but if you if it makes you more successful then you're going to be pleased about that yeah and and really what we want to do as a pub is cater for the whole community you know um it's the people that make the pub and that's that's the people that work in the pub that's the people that come and visit the pub and we don't just want to be for one demographic we want uh, lots of different people to come to the pub because i think that's what makes the pub interesting and vibrant to have different people there with different opinions and different looks and different views and you know have them all together like sharing a social experience we are joined by the team from the lord napier on hoxton radio today brand new pub just opened in hackney Wick, like literally in the last week we've got rob star on the radio with us right now so let's get a little bit of let's get some bodega on with shiny new model because this pub is a shiny new model and we'll chat to rob a little bit more after this you're listening to the food and drink show on hoxton radio
The Dega from New York City with shiny new model for uh, the team from the Lord Napier Star. Lord Napier and Star, our new pub that's just opened in uh, Hackney Wick. Uh, refurbished an old pub in the area. Looks kind of still a bit crazy from the outside. And from the sounds of things, sounds pretty nice on the inside. Yeah, it looks good on the inside. Still quite arty on the inside, reflecting the graffiti on the outside, but... As I said before, yeah, it's got a lot of traditional touches as well. What sort of beers you serve in? You got any Goose Island on at the moment? We have got Goose Island on, yes. Um, and we've also got your more mainstream lagers. We've got a, a Guinness, Beck's 4%, Stella 4%. Um, and then we've got your more crafty sort of stuff. We've got a Colonel on. Um, we've got some Hamilton on. Um, we've got Five Points on. Are any of those rotating kegs? Um, a lot of those are rotating. Yeah, yeah. we try and change it, um, you know, for the seasons and uh, when we get nice new beers in that we want to put on. We've got, I think we've got 20-odd taps down there so we can rotate things quite a lot. What's on the menu? Uh, we've got Krapau, who are a street food, uh, Thai street food, who also are in our pub in Leytonstone. And, yeah, we, we, we quite often go for burgers in our pubs, but there's a lot of burgers around Hackney Wick, so we wanted to go something a bit different, so Ty hit the mark. You guys have got quite a few pubs in your group now that you set up. Um, Star of Bethel Greens will be our local to here. Star by Hackney Downs, I've DJed there a few times. Star of Kings? King's Cross, yeah, York Way. Leighton One, I've passed through it. I think I've been for a pint there. The Fellowship and Star? Yeah, that's South East London, down in Bellingham. And then the Heathcote and Star? That's Leighton Stone. Uh-huh, okay, it's one in Leighton, one in Leighton Stone. Yeah. Handy, very handy, if you need to borrow ice from one to the <laughs> other. So um, any, so you're open till half one at the new one, uh, the Lord Napier. Any DJs on? Yes, we do. DJs every Friday and Saturday till 1.30. Um, so... The highlight this month is a guy called Gerald. Um, he's a local boy, so um, yeah, we've got him down there. Um, we've got Granger, who works for Earth Agency. Tom Granger, he's doing all the musical programming down there, um, and he's got uh, yeah, he's got some really good stuff on next couple of months. What sort of music style are you kind of going for? I mean, we're just going pub vibes, really. I don't want to be too cool and too experimental on it. If it's good pub music and it gets people dancing, um, then we can play it. Nothing too hardcore, nothing too techno. Um, but yeah good good fun pub vibes um, at the star by Hackney Downs you've got a pretty fun event happening on August Bank Holiday which everyone's invited to yes we have uh, Mario Donati's famous dog show uh, it's been running for quite a few years down there on the Bank Holiday weekend um, and if you want to get your pooches down there um, you just need to um, hit Mario up he, he will uh, you can either pop in or you can drop an email to the pub and he will sign your dog up and uh, we've got some great prizes for uh, the dogs in each category there so that's at the start by Hackney Downs it's on August Bank Holiday weekend uh, and we'll probably see Rob there best in show um, thanks very much for coming in sharing info on the Lord Napier and Star we're going to come down for a drink and uh, get up on the terrace I reckon it's looking like terrace weather hopefully this afternoon so yeah um, this one's for you then it's by David Bowie it's called Starman it's on Hoxton Radio you're listening to the Food and Drink Show on Hoxton Radio oh it's nice in here a bit of Fleetwood Mac Gypsy on Hoxton Rocking Radio Food and Drink Show, we come live every Thursday this sort of time, brunch o'clock. To get you a little bit teased ahead of service. We've got Emily Rue coming in, Chef Emily Rue. From Carrick Tier. I might have to get Tanya to help with this pronunciation because there's an accent on the E. 
Yeah, Emily Marie's going to come in to chat about Half Eleven. She's coming live to the studio. So I'm guessing she's going to run off to do service straight after that. And on the line imminently, David Begg from Real Kombucha. Uh, she's talking about kind of summer I was in last night and I didn't have any beers in the fridge, any cold ones. I was like, oh, I need to drink something. And uh, I think my soda water machine, I think the gas canister's gone. So I was like, Ugh. I was just like, oh, God. Didn't have any kombucha in, but I would have defo swigged that. I just want something. I don't, I'm, trying, I'm still like not really drinking too much in the week, but I want something fizzy and a bit of fun. A non-alcoholic beer usually does that for me, but I didn't have none, did I? So I'll have to get stocked up. Um, Is this you? Um, Over 40% of Brits say they can cook more than 10 meals without looking at a recipe. Uh, women triumph over men with over half of the UK's female population able to cook more than 10 recipes without consulting a cookbook compared with just 35% of men. And 4% of Brits, that's just over 2.7 million, say they would be unable to cook any meals from memory. What? Beans on toast is a meal. Just pasta with pesto is a meal. Come on. I like to look at the recipe once or twice at the start and then just start to go, just start to you know make it up a bit because inevitably you've not got the right ingredients and you have to add something for something else so that's a bit of statistical information for you on the show today because it's the pressure flying solos we have to just add more stats and facts and put meat on the bones because when abby's not here it's all just a bit hit and miss isn't it let's get some frou-frou on for you and then we'll get david Begg from a real kombucha on the telephone line it is the food and drink show it is hoxton radio if you make tasty food or drink and would like to be featured on the show Drop us an email to info at hoxtonradio.com. Winter sleep with weighty ghost on Hoxton Radio. And on the telephone line right about now from a Hartley Farm, Rocky Lane in Wendover, um, David Begg from Real Kombucha on the line. Hello, David. Hello, how are you? Good to, good to speak to you again. It's been a little while. <laughs> yeah, last week caught up in January, David, I think. I know, I know. Time is flying by. It's summertime, maybe more of a time to be drinking some real kombucha. Oh, I don't know. I think any time's a good time to be drinking, but uh, that's my perspective on it. But yeah, it's definitely, definitely summertime. A uh, lot of uh, a lot of barbecues, a um, uh, lot of outdoor drinking. Uh, it's certainly a time when we uh, we come alive. Um, but uh, you know, it depends it depends slightly on the on on the drinks you're drinking. I mean, our, our dry dragon is a particularly uh, Big seller over over summertime because it, it tends to fit that uh, sort of all day all day drinking very fresh um, sort of moment. Real kombucha is the uh, is non-alcoholic sparkling fermented tea um, using really fancy teas that you went and picked when you were touring the globe a couple of years ago. Yes, uh, yeah, no, we um, uh, we tend to like to ferment with some uh, some of the, the most extraordinary teas. Um, and you know we go to quite quite a lot of lengths to um, uh, to find the best that's uh, that's out there. I mean, we over the years we have, um, as you say, very you know very much explored the globe, both physically and uh, and <laughs> you know so metaphorically, uh, in searching for, uh, uh, for for various different teas. And we've probably brewed now with well, we we slightly we've I think we've lost track at when we've got to about two hundred different teas. Uh, we worked with a phenomenal uh, tea merchant, Will Battle, who wrote the uh, the World Atlas of Tea, and he's constantly providing us with um, uh, with new uh, ideas, new teas to uh, to trial. But no, I mean, you know, our focus is uh, is thinking very much like a wine uh, when we're brewing uh, we're brewing kombucha. You know, the 
if I you know, explain a little bit of uh, around, for example, our um, our Royal Flush, um, you know, brewed with the first flush Darjeeling tea. But we go to extreme lengths. So, you know, we will taste every single day's pick of a um, of the tea garden that we we work with. So that might be um, thirty or forty days uh, of picks of the um, of this uh, this particular uh, first flush. And first flush is literally just the first tip and the leaf as it as it springs out in spring. So we'll go from right the beginning days uh, of when those tips just start to uh, to to emerge uh, and um, uh, taste through until they just start to become proper leaf so they they start to brown more so you end up with a very very delicate very soft gentle uh, tea very fruity uh, and so you know, if you think of that in in wine terms that's that's like thinking of um, of a winemaker going out into a burgundy uh, vineyard and literally picking the grape day by day and tasting the different flavors that are emerging in the in the grape as it goes day by day and no, no winemaker would go to well sorry I, I don't think any winemaker will go to quite that same uh, that same level so you know both the uh, the, the 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 specific uh, varietal of tea uh, that we are um, uh, that we're using is important to us but the the garden the tea gardens we're working with because you know in Darjeeling for example just just simply the slight lay of the land will change the uh, the flavor of the tea uh, in the uh, in the pick and then down to the uh, the days themselves because the uh, the tea will change uh, the size of the leaf will change the the sun that's hit it in the morning uh, will be different so no we go to some some pretty extreme lengths to uh, to to find the teas we want to brew with hopefully it comes through in the in the final drinks <laughs> we we feel it does but i hope other people notice the uh, the level that we uh, the level of effort we put in and you set up real kombucha in early 2016 you experimented with over 150 different teas um at what what sort of scale of how, how many were you kind of producing back in 2016 and how many bottles are you sort of producing or selling now in 2021 well uh 20, yeah 2016 we were experimenting we, we, we launched the business at the end very end of 2017 um and um uh yeah it started off at very very small scale i mean we were producing uh, i mean we were <laughs> we were very excited when we when we built the brewery when we um when we went into uh, a couple of 2,000 litre tanks, you know, previous to that, we'd been brewing in 200 litre batches. Uh, and finally, we got our, our big, massive tanks at 2,000 litres, and we never never imagined how we would be able to fill those. And so, you know, that, that produces um, what a 2,000 litre tank will produce about 6,000 bottles. Um, we've just installed our 10,000 litre tanks now. Uh, and so, you know, that 10,000 is producing 30,000 30, bottles per um per, uh, per per batch um and so you know no I mean, now we're we're into the millions of bottles a year that we uh, that we produce so um you know it's a it's a been a been a great ride for us um and you know even you know, it's found amazing i mean we were ostensibly an on trade business going into um going into lockdown but we managed to uh, uh, to um expand our our customer base um we've gone from from being in many of the, the top restaurants in the country to uh, to expanding across uh, the on-trade, but also now a lot into retail, a lot of our, our local um, shops and delis, farm shops are, are stocking us, but now international retail as well. So into Waitrose, Ocado, 
Milk and More, Virgin Wines, people like this. Um, another of the big retailers who is coming on in October. Um, that'll be news soon. Um, won't say who yet. Um, so yes, we've had a we've had a fantastic time of it, and and, and some incredible support from um, from very loyal fans um, of of our drinks. Uh, it's quite it's quite exciting, I find, to um, to get the the feedback from uh, from our customers in how their uh, drinking habits have quite dramatically changed once they've discovered us. You know, the first they, they would say you know the first time they've come across a a drink which really properly fulfills that same experience of drinking a sparkling wine or a wine uh, in, in non-alcoholics. It's really, really hard to produce a, a good uh, non-alcoholic or de-alcoholized wine, uh, and we fit very much in that space. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it's quite exciting to hear the stories and, and how loyal our customers have become. This is David Begg, founder of uh, Real Kombucha, where we can find you locally just up the road at the Hoxton, and you're also stocked in the Little Wine Shop in Stoke Newington and loads of other places around London right now as well. And hopefully um, when you're next in London, you can come to the studio and give us a bit of a, bit of a taster session. We can get the teapot on the go, and you can give us kind of the ins and the outs, David. I would absolutely love to. Yes, now that things are opening up, um, you know, we're, we're back out in the world. It's a very exciting time, I think, for all of us. And, uh, yeah, I'd love to come back in. David Begg from Real Kombucha thanks very much for joining us on Hoxton Radio today and we'll, uh, we'll see you very soon if you make tasty food or drink and would like to be featured on the show drop us an email to info at hoxtonradio.com Pip Blom Dutch band there on Hoxton Radio have new material out and we'll feature some of that on the show this Friday uh, Jose Pissarro who was guest on the show last week opens his restaurants at the Royal Academy this week so get down check out Jose Pissarro serving at the Royal Academy what a fancy way what a fancy way to spend the day in the afternoon go and see some art have some of Jose Pissarro's nice tasty cooking um, I went to this really cool um, bottle shop here in Walthamstow in the week and it's it's, it's by Clapton Brewery um, um, and uh, they've got a loyalty scheme going down so every time you spend you basically get something off and uh, it's just really nice space up there so if you're in Walthamstow maybe go and see the football on the weekend and stop in um, at this bottle shop and uh, yeah, have a little have a little, see what you can get let's get our next guest on the line because they've travelled pretty far to come with us here today all the way from Putney uh, the team from Caractere are in the Hoxton house so let's get a little tune on from Annie Lennox and we'll get Emily on the line just after this The Food and Drink Show on Hoxton Radio Hoxton Radio playing Cindy Lauper, drove all night on the Food and Drink Show from Spearfields Market as we get ready to welcome uh, Culinary Royalty to the studio, uh, coming all the way from Putney via Notting Hill, via downtown France as well. We've got Emily Rue in the Hoxton studio with us. Welcome. Hello. Um, How's it going on that side of the desk today? Very well. Was really it, happy to be here. Was it a bit strange going from Putney to like Spitfields and sort of passing your restaurant in the middle? Um, well, it's not a track I do every day, but I'm definitely really happy to be here and um, I love coming down here actually. So Caractere is your spot. It's in Notting Hill. Um, yes. You guys have been open for about, well, three years on deeds, but about a year and a half all in all. That's right. Um, serving French amazement to people of West London. Absolutely. What is yeah? What's what is what's the menu? What do we what do we eat when we're at Caractere? So um, I created Caractere with my husband, two thousand and eighteen, and we wanted to to build a place where we would like to go out and eat. So something quite simple, but still when you're going out out. So not over chic, 
that you'd only go once a year for a birthday special occasion somewhere you'd want to go several times a year um but still still special and then still feel you know that that you're going out 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 getting fancy do we have to dress fancy when we're coming to character we're gonna we're gonna want to though aren't we honestly you can wear whatever you want okay and when we get to the restaurant you're greeting us so you're front of house and your Indeed. husband is in the is in the kitchen that's right do you have to be polite to him i guess he's the head chef so he's probably the one that you have to sort of what like stay back from definitely. usually yeah definitely he's the one shouting at you like get out of there now probably not at me but 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 maybe at other members of staff yes that can happen um so we yeah yeah you guys reopened um like mid mid mayish when right. we were allowed to start coming back inside again and how have people been coming back to the space and, and enjoying character so we've we've been really really lucky um all all our regular customers came straight back um we were fully booked really for a whole month um all the way through to mid june end of june which is which is really great i think it means people are still you know wanting to eat out and and having good foodie experiences which which is fantastic i'm i'm hopeful that september october all the way to christmas is is going to be the same um and then what is currently on the menu at character lots of delicious lots. food um so we've got um our, our sort of signature dish is a celeriac cacio e pepe which is a really traditional um roman style sauce which is normally accompanied with pasta spaghetti um, you've, you've, I'm sure you've had cacio e pepe everywhere and anywhere. Mm-hmm. Ours is special because there's no pasta involved. It's actually done with celeriac, so delicious root vegetable, um, so no carbs. Mm-hmm. But you get the same texture, um, same shape, really, as as um, as this pasta because we roll them out through a Japanese mandolin, so it goes really thin and long. Mm. So you've got like tagliatelle. But vegetable. Wow! What other vegetables can you mould into that sort of shape? Um, don't just beetroot, potato. All right, a few. Like, okay. Yeah. I thought it was just rare to the celeriac, which you know it's not usually people's <laughs> first vegetable of choice to exactly. have as a pasta substitute. But you've done it there, and it's delicious. Um, and talk to us kind of about the space and sort of how it looks when we're. Well, you've got. So some... I've often been told it looks like a French bistro. Mm-hmm. Was that what you had in mind at the start? Yes and no. I did want some kind of French feel element to it. Um, I did want it to feel cosy and homely and somewhere you wanted to go again. You have to feel comfortable when you're at a restaurant. Mm. Um, I think, you know, if you're going to spend a couple of hours having cocktails and a nice meal, you know, you want a proper seat and feel comfortable. You want to you want to want to stay mm-hmm. um, and you want people to come back. So I think that's really important. Um, but something that would also last in time I didn't want something that would just, you know, after a couple of years, you'd think, oh, really doesn't suit anymore and, you know, wanted to change. I wanted something that would last. Mm-hmm. Well, I think from the, I can only see from the images that on your site and on your pages, it's got a sort of timeless, timeless feel to it, sort of dark brown yeah. seating and dark wooden tables and very fancy light bulbs, which yes. just generally give me a warming feeling and they brighten my plate so I can <laughs> see what I'm eating as well. Very true. Um, Character Notting Hill is open right now. We can book in for lunch across the week. We can also book in for dinner time. So you have a bit of downtime in the middle where you get things reset and then do two services a day. Rather than just going through, is there more of an occasion to each service then? Well, at lunch, we tend to get more um, corporate. So quite fast-paced lunches. Um, they're going back to work afterwards. Um, and at dinner, it's, you know, take your time 
special occasion, um, romantic dinner, all, all, yeah. It's character. It's open in Notting Hill right now, and Emily's going to talk to us. After a bit of this band, they're called Yell, and the song's called Seju. It's all in French, so you'll be able to decode it for us. You and Tanya can uh, sing along. Well, I just nod in the background. It's the Food and Drink Show, and we're on Hoxton Radio. If you make tasty food or drink and would like to be featured on the show, drop us an email to info at hoxtonradio.com. Yell with Seju. Did you like that, Emily? Yeah, I love it. Yeah? Emily's come all the way from uh, Caractere, 209 Westbourne Park Road, Notting Hill, W111EA, running straight off to do service after this because uh, lunch will be happening from midday. We're going to have to get you out the door pretty quickly. <laughs> Who's going to be there if you're not? Don't worry. My okay. husband's there. Phew. Um, Emily, what did you want to be when you were younger, when you grew up? Um, there's... Yeah always been food yeah to be honest i've always been a massive foodie um my parents were took me everywhere with them mm-hmm. every restaurant they went to i was i tagged along even from like three or four years old um i'd sleep under the table when um <laughs> when i'd finish um but i've just always loved food massive massive foodie and i think around 12 13 i really wanted to sort of take that career path and um I think I would have quite liked to stop school at that point and mm-hmm. do that straight away. But my mum was very keen for me to to get some kind of A-level or, or go until keep going until I was 18, mm-hmm. at least, uh, so which what, I did. What did you study up until 18 then? So I did a French baccalaureate, um, mainly in economics. And once that was done, um, at the age of 18, I left um, to do a catering college in the south of France, in Lyon. So then I just continued my career and have never looked back i guess the economics are always going to be useful yes and you're running the place now exactly. so that's very useful um but when you were dead dead young were you uh, most kids are uh, fussy eaters not me no no i eat everything and was it the experience of being in restaurants and going to check out these fun spaces and i mean when they did eat out help out last year just being outside and seeing all these people around me and listening in and just eavesdropping was part of a lot of the fun for me but when we cooked at home it was always just a it was always enjoyable and when i was around my grandparents house and they were cooking and you'd have to do odd, odd jobs here and there but it was always just such a sociable thing and just the preparation of food is such a sociable and it's an activity you're doing something it's it's got you on your feet you're thinking you're you're timing stuff you need to get it right and just being part of that at a young age i I just yeah i always enjoyed it i was never too fussy as an eater i didn't there's certain things i didn't like that i've just got to like a bit better as my palates change but i just liked the forum and the environment of being around the kitchen oh 100 i mean you know from a french french background food is massively important and it's it's all about family you know it's 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 catering for your family when they come over and it's and it's baking a cake together and it's you know it's all of these little things that from a very young age um you see and and you can do and i was definitely immersed in all of that so i think that definitely helped in in my career choice and and passion for food sunday dinner is usually the family day here in the uk in france how does it differ and what do you eat I think it would be probably a Sunday as well. Over the weekend, definitely Saturday or Sunday. Um, it really depends from where you are in France. So northern France is, is probably heavier on cream and butter and robust, yum, filling food. Whereas when you go down to the south, it's it's a lot more olive oil, Mediterranean, um, probably a bit lighter. Both are just as good. Uh, maybe different 
different times of year so you know north cheese cream all of that you're thinking sort of nice christmas you know gratin dauphinois kind of thing and um summertime you're better off down south and and you know a nice ratatouille served cold would be would be ideal mm, okay cold ratatouille maybe some after the show uh, so you're from south france you spent a bit of time in paris yeah three years you weren't really feeling it though um paris is a beautiful beautiful city and i loved the place that i worked um i'm just not so fan of the parisians and um they, uh, yeah i know but london has been welcoming to you definitely good good there you go let's play one for your father maybe talk a bit about him afterwards this one's sure. from pink floyd it's from a record of the same name it's called wish you were here it's hoxton radio you're listening to the food and drink show on hoxton radio Bit Pink Floyd, we wish you were here on Hoxton Radio. Our guest is uh, Emily Rue in the Hoxton House, and that's one of your dad's favourite bands. Definitely. Any, any like memories as a youngster driving around downtown France listening to Pink Floyd? Yes. Yeah? Oh, yeah. The whole album. How did you used to get around to family holidays back in the day? By car. Yeah? So it takes us about 11 hours to drive down. Wow. And, um, yeah, he'd have his, 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 his CDs lined up. Because uh, you're, you're you're from London, though you were born in London, and yes. then you you went to study. Um, you went to like food college in France, stuck around there for about ten years, and then right. only sort of, sort of recently really moved back to London. In the last right. few years. Do you see yourself then as a Londoner, or are you a Southern French? I'm a bit of a mix. Okay, best way to be of all Definitely. kinds of makeups. And then um, has your dad been to the restaurant? What does he think of your cooking? Yes, he's been several times. Um, he's always says he loves it yeah I think he's being honest we're, we're pretty honest to each other he'd tell me if he, he disapproved or didn't like something and is there any kind of pressure to sort of uh, is, is that do you feel any any sort of weight of, of the name that you you have and that you wear um I think yes and no depends of the occasions depends who you're talking to some people can be a little judgmental okay um especially people who don't know me um who've got a you know an opinion a preconceived opinion but generally, generally people are very nice, and and when they get to know me, they realise that I'm a pretty down to earth person, and um, don't take two things seriously. And you're running, you know, if you're front of house, then you're you're welcoming us, and you're making sure the ambience and the just the vibe inside the restaurant and is is as good as can be. The experience is is, is started by you. Absolutely, which is really important. That that first hello and that first smile behind the mask at the at the minute um, is super super important. This is uh, Emily Rue uh, from Character, um, which is uh, in Notting Hill, serving across the day. You've got lunch going to about two ish, and then dinner t- starts at about six fifteen. Um, in Westbourne Park, Notting Hill. Um, thank you very much for stopping by and saying hello to us today. It's been really My good fun. My pleasure. Um, good luck with service today. Thank you. And uh, we look forward to seeing you. Um, maybe for, we'll go for a little stroll down Portobello one week and come and see you if that's all right. Absolutely. Uh, this is uh, British Sea Power with International Space Station on Hoxton Radio. The food and drink show on Hoxton Radio. British Sea Power, who are now just called Sea Power. They've dropped the Britishness. And we'll play their new single tomorrow on the show. Tomorrow, yeah. Oh, a lot of new music. Uh, we'll finish up with some public service broadcasts and we'll play their new one for you tomorrow as well. And then Floating Points, just trying to advertise to listen to my radio show tomorrow at the same time. And if you're here right now, then stay tuned because Kerry B's back in the Hoxton house. I know. When was the last time we said that? 2014 maybe or something. <laughs> 
It's all just calmed down. I'm a bit like nervous, but it's fine now because it's happened. Emily Rue was here. Um, she's the daughter of famous chef Michelle Rue, and uh, that was her in the studio. I tried to just keep it as level as I could whilst shaking a bit. Let's do public service announcing because that'll get us back on track. Uh, weekend transport updates Bakerloo Line, no service between Queen's Park and Harrow and Wheelstone. Circle Line, this is a bit more you, no service between Allgate uh, and Edgware Road, that's via Victoria. Also, then no service on the district line between Earls Court and Allgate. And then Whitechapel is going to be closed this weekend. Um, on those there lines Hammersmith and City Whitechapel station also closed nothing on the central line which is good so Keza what line do you live on? Northern line outskirts and bits of the London overground is how you'll find Keza Uh, if you want to knock for her she's at oh hello Monday 16th to Thursday the 19th no service between Sydenham and West Croydon after 10.15 in the PM so all right, that's enough silliness and nonsense. Thanks very much to the guest today, Pratesh Moody. Uh, look out for the gin that's on sale now at Audi. Thanks to Rob from the Lord Napier Pub, Rob Starr from the Star Pub Group, uh, David Begg from Real Kombucha. We're going to sip on some this afternoon. And thanks very much to Emily Rue, yes, chef, um, and uh, running her own restaurant, Character in Notting Hill. We're popping there after for some lunch. Let's finish with public service broadcasting and floating points. Kazi B is up next. We'll see you later. If you make tasty food or drink and would like to be featured on the show, drop us an email to info at hoxtonradio.com.